What up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. My name is Carl, and I'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode. Again, I am here to talk inflation travel, to just drop some facts, some knowledge, and, you know, just just vibe with you guys. Because as I sit here and I literally book and plan trips every day, not for myself just yet, but for people all over America mostly, but also I help people who are trying to travel internationally as well. But I know you guys are seeing what I'm seeing, and it is wild, right? It's crazy. Flights are um, amazingly expensive. Hotels are, I've seen some hotels that used to be $50 a night be like two, three, even $400 a night. And it's summertime, it's peak travel. There's just so much going on. So I want to shed again, mostly domestic uh, related to America, but this impacts the world, right? Because today we're talking about flights. And whatever airline is your favorite or you like traveling on the most or it's where all your points are, it doesn't matter. There's so much going on and it's affecting all airlines and all aircrafts and all cities all over the world. Um, One thing I want to point out before I jump into just some things that I found, some good things and bad things about what airlines are doing uh, to kind of help people throughout this trying time. I know you guys are saying, well, if prices are high, how are they really helping us? Some are, some are trying, right? Some are trying. I'm going to focus on only a few. Again, I'm not sponsored by any of them. I'm just giving things that I've learned, I've seen, and that I'm actually planning trips through, right? But just keep this in mind. We're not too far removed from the pandemic. Uh, we're actually still in a pandemic. Uh, technically, I don't know why you know our checks have stopped coming from the U.S. government, but that's a whole other story. But you know, we're still in the pandemic, and a lot of people left the travel industry during the pandemic uh, specifically airlines and hotels and all that because they had to lay people off. They were decreasing salaries because people weren't leaving their homes, right? They just weren't traveling. Travel, like countries were shutting down. So as a result, people left these industries. And just keep in mind that a lot of people just weren't sitting around waiting for these industries to hire them again. That's not what was happening. A lot of people left and aren't going back, can't go back, won't go back, or you know they know what they're walking back into. A completely unorganized system in some places where you're going to be one of the only few people working where you're working. You're going to be working hard and you may or may not still be paid what you know that you're worth, you know. So there's a lot of things going on specifically with, you know, airlines as well, because, you know, pilots weren't able to fly as often. So some of them went into the private industry where rich people were hiring them to fly their own planes and things like that. These are just things to keep in mind when you're trying to understand, well, why are things so high? And why are things moving so slowly when in airports? And why is, aren't things the way they used to be before the pandemic? Because if you were like me and many others and you weren't consistently flying during the pandemic, you don't know what it was like, right? It's one thing, like if you were flying a whole lot pre-pandemic and then as soon as it hit, you stop. And then as soon as it, you know, we got vaccinated and all that and things started to open back up, you just went back into it. It was com- a complete 180, right? Completely different than what it was before, right? Everything got all turned around. So just keep that in mind as I'm talking through some of these. I know. So here's the bad news. If you are not from a big city like Chicago, New York, Dallas, Boston, and those aren't your primary airports, then what you're looking at is about a 15 to 17 or even a 42% increase in flights. That's for places like Dayton, Ohio. Um, even for Austin, where I am located now, um, a lot of smaller cities with smaller airports and not major air- airports have seen an exponential increase in flights because people don't go there frequently. And in order to get people who want to go there, there, they have to charge more money, 
You have to spend more money because the prices of jet fuel are going up. So I know, so what does this mean? If you're looking to travel and you are fortunate enough to, I don't know, be in Indiana and maybe say Chicago is an hour and a half, two or three, even a three hour drive, it may be worth it. I know you guys are thinking like gas. Oh, depends on how much it takes to fill up your tank, I guess. But it'd be worth it to drive to the airport, park your car at the airport and fly out of a bigger place, a bigger airport. Because again, studies show and my research shown and everything I found, larger airports are able to do better because they're bigger. Smaller airports are affected even more. Smaller cities are affected even more by these travel prices because it's hard to get people there. And if you want to get there, you got to pay more money. Another thing to keep in mind, there are going to be more canceled flights because of surging airfares and the lack of people to work. The airlines and the queues and all that, right? Because there's still a staffing shortage throughout many of the major airports. But also, do you guys remember during the pandemic when, you know, Hertz and all these other car rental places were like giving away cars, selling cars, pushing cars off because people weren't renting cars because they weren't driving? This also affects things as well, right, in regards to airline travel. So that means the line to rent cars is a little bit longer or there aren't that many car rental places available, which means car rental locations can raise the prices too. Again, this is the bad stuff, right? This is not it's not necessarily because this is this is the bad stuff. And it's pro- projected to only get worse as the summer goes on. Again, this could turn around. You know, I'm not a I'm not out here fact chasing every day for you guys. I'm gonna drop this now. If it may not be relevant in August or September, but for right now, that's what we're looking at. And I know this because I'm booking trips and looking at this information every single day. So the three takeaways are this the big things. One. You're probably going to have to wait a long time at the airport. Sometimes. Not all the time. You may get lucky. Not all airports are built the same. But the wait times are going to be longer because staffing staffing shortages. The price of flights are up. And they ain't looking to come down until food prices come down. And they also may not come down. This may be what flying and what traveling within America and even internationally looks like for quite some time. Because again, we're in the middle of inflation. Prices are extremely high. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. Things aren't yet back to where they used to be. And they may never be. So just be prepared. And the third thing is, it's going to be hard to find cars. And you should definitely look into flying out of a major airport if you have the luxury or if you're able to drive to one that may not be 30 minutes or 40 minutes away like your local airline or local airport, but is maybe an hour or two or even three. I would say max three hours away. If you can get to a larger airport and fly out of a major city, that's definitely something to look into and can kind of help you cut costs on flights. I know what you're thinking. Gas is already high. Do the math, y'all. I can't do it all for you. Do the math. If it makes sense, do it. If it don't, eh, don't do it. But don't let just looking at the flight prices deter you from taking that trip that you want to take if you really are trying to take it. It's not the same as it was a year ago. Now, here's something that's interesting, right? So Southwest Airlines and United Airlines, truth be told, I've flown Southwest a few times. I primarily fly United. It's just what I like, right? They have plans given because they they could foresee this, obviously, and they know what's going on to kind of improve the traveler experience, right? So Southwest themselves are investing $2 billion to modernize their aircrafts. I know what you're thinking. Why don't they just use that $2 billion to cut down flight costs? I agree. But you ought to think, like you know the everyday consumer if you're gonna spend a lot of money anyway don't you want to travel in style 
that's how most people think, right? Like some of us is like, I don't care. Just as long as it gets me from point A to point B, I don't even need seatbelts. Just don't hit too much turbulence. I just want to get there for cheap, right? But not everyone thinks like that. So a happy medium in their mind, not mine, is we're going to invest in our aircraft and in the traveler experience to make it so that we know you're paying a lot. We can't control that. Gas is high for us too. But when you're traveling, you're going to be comfortable. It's going to feel good, right? And what does that mean? What does that mean? One, they want to have larger overhead bins. You guys travel a lot, right? And you have your carry-on because, you know, you're trying to, again, save money on check bags. And you go to put it up there and somebody's like, oh, it's not enough space. Then they got to take it to the front. And then you got to, oh, you got your laptop. Like, it's just so many things that goes wrong with that. I, for one, love that. I want to be able to get a bigger carry-on <laughs> so I can actually fit in the overhead bins and not worry about having to have my podcast microphone not on my person. I like having it on me. That's just me. I love my podcast mic. Um, also, you guys know, you know, some of you guys got new phones, you know, out here balling, living your best life. Uh, Southwest also going to add USA-B, USB-A, and USB-B ports to the in-seat flight charging. Now, I know that, ma that matters for a lot of us because, again, I'm tired of having to dig in my bag and find the old USB charge for my iPhone. Now I can just take my regular one. I ain't got to invest, spend more money on that. Right. United uh, Southwest is also expanding their cocktail menus. May not be a lot for y'all. Means a lot to me. I love drinking in the air and making their Wi-Fi goes faster and Bluetooth connectivity. So these are really, really big things. Right. Really, really good things. United for, for Southwest. Again, I don't fly it that often, but I probably will when I tell you what else they're doing. Uh, but you, United also not United. Sorry. Southwest also added a how to get away plus option to their booking system. So if you guys have never booked Southwest, I'm going to break it down to you very simply. Southwest has business select, right? So that's you get to board first, you get priority seating, check bag, all that. You guys know what business class is. And then you have anytime. Well, hey, you can just book anytime you want. You still get most of the luxuries of business class, but not that much. And then it was just like want to get away. And want to get away was like the basic, basic. And to break it down, the to break it down to a financial standpoint, want to get away was six times the fare cost. So basically your lowest possible fare. Anytime was 10 times and business select was 12 times the fare cost. To help people who needed that, who didn't want to always be paying for, to be on a standby list or to change and all that, because those bonuses come with business select at any time, but not necessarily want to get away. If you wanted half of those, half of those perks that you get with paying for the more expensive flight with Southwest, they added Want to Get Away Plus. So now there are four tiers, one, two, three, four tiers you can choose from when looking to book a flight with Southwest. How does this impact us? Why should you care? If you do fly Southwest or even interested in it, it just gives you more options to either pay less. If you're trying to go somewhere real quick, you can pay less and just get on. Or if you are that worried traveler, you just need that extra security. I need to be able to change my flight. I need it to be refundable. I need to have priority check-in. I need to have, you know, automatic, all these extra perks. You could pay for that but not pay as much as you used to, right? It just gives options for those of us who are real budget travelers who budget every dollar to do that and to still fly with them, but not necessarily in the same luxurious style as you were before. They just added that extra tier to give you more options. That was really nice of Southwest. I appreciate that. Again, I don't necessarily fly them. I, I kind of, you know, I fly with my points and I have airlines I've been using for a long time. And I will say this, if you have points, you have an airline card, it's okay to switch it up. Like, don't get so stuck in your ways that you don't change things around to go with the times. Sometimes you have to keep up with the Joneses. Keep up with the Joneses means you have to adjust to what's going on and go with what's popular. But in this case, it's not about what's popular. It's about what saves you the most money. <laughs> right? Who 
that allows you to do what you want to do. So if you have, I don't know, American Airlines card, Amex, out there balling, shoot, cut it up and switch to Southwest if it's what's best for you. Do your research, figure out what uh, figure out what kind of airport you have, which airline is the cheapest. Do that research because you can still get out there and make it happen, right? As far as United, theirs isn't as in-depth as Southwest, but it's still really good, right? They're, they're, they're introduced to a program called United Next, and they plan to increase their fleet by almost 700 planes. So essentially, they're going to be doing a new fleet, so a new fleet of planes every three days in 2023. That's next year. Now, what does this mean? Again, an upgraded, up, an upgraded aircraft means an upgraded travel and flight experience. Flat. More aircrafts means more flights available, which means they can charge less for flights. Flat. That's the two biggest ways, in my opinion, that it kind of impacts us as consumers. But also don't forget that United is also going to have large overhead bins about damn time. They're going to have entertainment and ev- screens in every seat. Before, on some United flights, you didn't have that. Some, sometimes you get the, you know, the headset uh, little TV thing. Sometimes you wouldn't. I'd be mad when I didn't because I'm like, man, what's going on? They're going to have more cocktail menus. I don't know. I feel like they should just hire a bartender because I'm going to be stressed out and paying $500 for a flight. I'm going to need me a free complimentary mixed cocktail. Just me. And also, you know, with Wi-Fi and speeds and stuff like that, that will also be something that United offers. So again, they're doing some things what they can. I think it's just good to know and just to feel sometimes that Man, like to not feel like you're in it alone and feel like companies aren't doing anything. But some people are like, man, whatever, they're just making money. They don't care about us. I get that. Like, I understand those sentiments. But it's just good to know sometimes that, man, at least they're doing something. Because they could very easily just say, oh, this is, it is what it is. We ain't doing nothing. We're not going to invest in you guys at all. You need to get somewhere. We need you to get somewhere. You're going to get on this airplane no matter what. Right? And there are a bunch of new airlines popping up. But that's for another podcast. The last thing I kind of want to bring up. I know I've joked about this and talked about it before. But I think... Just with the added stress of having to pay more for something. That's just a fact. The more you pay for something, the more stress that you have when going through it. And the more, the higher your expectations are, which is why I feel like these airlines in particular are doing this. To make you feel, again, a little bit more at ease when you get on. Like, oh, okay. New seats. Okay. And and seat entertainment. Oh, snap. Y'all got got more than just a Jack and Coke. You know, like, though these things matter. It matters to the psyche of the traveler. Um, And... Some of you guys may, you know, be hurt when I say this and all that, but you should invest in TSA PreCheck. Just get it. TSA PreCheck users average only five minutes in the security line. Even if you don't travel frequently, it lasts for five years. A lot of credit cards and people have specials. You can get it for free. Get TSA PreCheck if you can. And to top it off, January, March, and then it's going to start from a lot of places in May, specifically in Nashville and Austin, where I am, lucky me. You can enroll at mobile centers at the airport. You pay your $85 fee, and it's valid for five years, and you get your KTN. That's the number you need to check in to use TSA PreCheck. It's called a KTN number. You get those in like three to five days. For reference, when I got my global entry, it took about a month. I had to fill it out, get approved, go in person for an interview in downtown Chicago. Got lost a few times, whatever. Uh, get interviewed by a police member and then wait to get it confirmed and then wait to get it mailed to me. Now, with Global Entry, I also get TSA pre-check and it's also valid for five years. But changed my life. Like flying back internationally into my, my domestic location. It's like, hmm, hmm. I ain't got to wait in the security line. I can walk around all those other people. Yes, it's worth it for me because I traveled a lot. And even if I didn't travel a lot, if I flew out of the country once a year, I would still get global entry. 
just so I wouldn't have the stress. Because sometimes the lines are short. You're like, oh, I wasted it. But when they're not, and you have it, and you see everybody else in line and coughing, sneezing, yeah, yeah, just yeah, couldn't do it. Had to go. So again, I know this, these things and these changes, these aren't the only airports that are doing it. These are just the ones I wanted to talk about because I found the most interesting information on them. And this is something that's happening, not just domestically in America, but all over the world. Airlines all over the world. Because, you know, monkey see, monkey do. And every airline is competing with each other. So they all want the traveler to keep traveling with them. They want to retain you. They want you to keep paying whatever price they offer to be on their planes. Because you guys know we are creatures of habit. When you find something you like, you tend to stick with it. Some people, like, think about it. What coffee do you drink? I bet you drink the same coffee very often. What kind of water? What flavor Gatorade? What food do you like to eat? We're picky people. We like consistency. Now, I'm a huge advocate of trying something new at least once a day, once a week if you're, if you're too busy, once a month if you're too, too busy, once a year if you damn, try something new, right? I'm a huge advocate of that. But for some things, creatures of habit, you probably bought the same, the same kind of toilet paper for your whole life. You don't even know what anything else is. You're like, you know what? Something else could be better, but I like this. And as consumers, we know this. But also, as companies, they know this too, which is why these things happen, right? So I want to hit you guys with some inflation travel part two flight information. Uh, next up is, you guessed it, hotels. I might throw a little bit of Airbnb in for a little razzle-dazzle. Um, I also have some stuff with Uber coming up. I have a lot of good information, guys. I'm just, I realize I do this for a living. I plan trips for travel, and it affects domestic travel and international travel. Why don't I share this with y'all? That's what life is about, sharing it. And I'm going to drop a sprinkle of cool things here and there as well into these upcoming episodes, so definitely check it out. Also, sprinkling in between my inflation travel episodes will be, y'all know it, my wine. So click the link in the bio to find out what kind of wine I'm selling, but also look out for those wine podcasts because they're going to be a hit. Mm, yeah, indeed. But as, as always, thank you guys for rocking with me for yet another episode. Clap it up. Clap it up for myself. I'm not going to lie, y'all. I love podcasting. I can do this all day, every day. I wish I could get paid $150,000. I'll definitely do it. My name is Carl, the Black Expat. Sub subscribe to become a patron of the Black Expat Podcast. If you're on Podbean, click the link. If you're not on Podbean, click my Linktree link and become a patron for just $1. And you'll qualify for a free wine giveaway I'm doing. If you guys are already a patron, re-patron yourself because it got deleted by accident. So redo that. <laughs> but yeah, I'll be giving away free wine once a month starting in the month of July. So again, my name is Carl, the Black Expat. We are chill.